everybody. Welcome to today's episode. I'm super excited to have two lovely guests on with me, and I am not going to steal the show. I'm going to pass it over to the both of you to please introduce yourselves. Okay. Well, hi, and thank you for uh, inviting us to be part of your podcast. Um, my name is Candice, and this is my husband, Gregory, and uh, we've been married for 42 years. And uh, we were um, we met in Sunday school when oh. we were seven and eight. We had puppy love when we were twelve. We started actually dating at seventeen, and we got married at twenty-one, and never had kids until our thirties. So we had lots of time, alone time together, to build a wonderful relationship that we, uh, yeah, decided travels and adventures and and whatnot all and. Uh... Yeah, so that kind of carries us for the very beginning part of it. And then uh, 20 some years into the relationship, we, it was just getting a little bit boring, <laughs> frankly. And what is your name? Yeah. It, Tell us who you are. I am Gregory. I am um, an artist. I am a um, an author and mm -hmm. uh, a, a creator. And I'm not sure what else to sort of designate myself well, as being. We are mentors. <laughs> we are mentors. We're that's mentors. And that's it. Yeah. Listen, yeah. guys, and they plant medicine facilitators. Yeah. That's but I was just gonna say they encompass so much of the lifestyle and concepts and thoughts and everything. And and I, I just want to pause before we get into that. I didn't realize that you guys go back from like the beginning of time when you guys were just yes. babies pretty much that yes. is insane yeah. do seven, you eight, think mm -hmm. seven and eight and then uh yeah we had our we said we had our first date we were 12 and 13 yes. at, a, at a church youth group outing and then uh she we met in sunday school we sunday that's school. what i say so not only were you guys so young we you were, also have the religion families family. yes that's crazy do you think that that had an impact on you guys journeying taking a journey through the lifestyle or no? No, because we we didn't practice being Christians at all. We knew as teenagers that that wasn't going to be in our Yeah, it wasn't our, our calling, calling for that, at all. you know. So um, not whether we're, we're atheists or anything, but it's just, you know, it wasn't something that was a dedicated path of a particular religion. Right. Got you. you. Know, Got you. you. Know. Okay. So then you guys fell in love at an early age and then what happened through time to get you to where you are now were there a lot of ups and downs or you guys were on like a pretty straightforward path on where you wanted to go well since both of us were artists we gave each other space and we encouraged each other in whatever direction we were going to go into uh, career-wise yeah so we always had our own businesses we we're entrepreneurs in the art field and in film work as well so um we were very encouraging to each other yeah. and no, that we always, uh, we always something we, we always get in through the relationship like we've never had you know so often you hear these you know highs and lows and, and that sort of thing in in a relationship and we've always been pretty stable that way and uh as we call ourselves psas pleasure seeking adults and i think that's what we always did we yeah. just always looked forward and we went kind of went okay this is our new goal or this is our new adventure or Yes, we just continued that way. And I will say, looking at you guys, just to give the audience kind of like a visual, you guys look and feel so calm and just like the aura about you. And I, I know that we're through technology, but you can still read that through individuals. Sure and yes. so you guys do have a very peaceful, calming 
energy with one another. And it's really lovely to see, you know, like you guys aren't tense in any kind of way. And you're just so like, it's just really great. I'm very excited to hear. Oh, thank how. you. I'm so glad you noticed that. Um, yeah. we, we strive for that. And I think a lot of it has to do with um, plant medicine exploration, which has helped us to be a little bit more spiritual. Can we talk about that? Because this is one yeah. of the passion points that was, I really wanted to hear more from you because it fits within you know, my well-being and, and mm -hmm. my thought process. So I, I would really love to tap as far into that as you guys are willing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Sure. Of course. Well, yes. it changed, it changed an awful lot of things for us. You know, as we mentioned earlier, we've been, we've been in the lifestyle for 23 plus years. Um, almost four years ago now, uh, we started exploring plant medicines more than just cannabis and, and sort of the, the normal. Um, and we ended up in um, Costa Rica for ayahuasca that we went for a, a week long journey there. So we had four, four journeys there started with DMT, which kind of got the balls rolling to go with the ayahuasca deal during ayahuasca for myself personally, it was life-changing for both of us. And, um, uh, for myself, one of the big changes was I married myself, you know, and it was finally, uh, truly accepting who I am and, and what I'm all about. And in fact, coming out of that journey, when I saw Candace and, and a girlfriend of ours who had joined us down there, I was just elated. I just wanted to share all of this news. I just, I, I want to tell the world, this is who I am. And this is what I do. And this is what I'm passionate about. And let's tell everyone we're swingers. And let's tell everyone we're swingers. And it was immediately, no, you can't do that. You know, we have children and we have, you know, all these things. And, and it, it really did, you know, kind of squash me a little bit at the, at the time. And, um, but I understood, you know, I understood that anything that I do is going to affect Candace and I didn't want to negatively affect anything that she's doing. So, you know, I was going to be true to myself and, and who I was, but I don't need to tell everybody. I don't need to be broadcasting or preaching it. And, um, coming back after a few other mushroom journeys and some other things that we were doing and, uh, a year later, a friend of ours asked us if we would do a workshop on on a Swingers 101 workshop, basically as an introduction to swing. So they brought us in. We had 30 guests, 25, 30 guests, something like that. And um, at the end of it, we had such a good response. And everybody's like, wow, you guys got all these stories. You guys, you know, you, you need to write a book. So us being us, we came home. We said, well, let's write a book. So we started to write a book. And it literally there was days i think one day was 11 hours oh, i think yeah. we calculated it sitting on the sofa and we love shoulder it. to shoulder just you know and one and typing one is talking blah, blah, just, blah, and then yes. we'd swap back and stories forth. were just coming out and, and and the downloads were fantastic and, and oh my god that must have been a beautiful it, going well, down memory lane type of thing it was, it was. and i'll tell you take photographs because you won't remember very much if you don't take photographs. Uh, yeah, so we got to revisit a lot of things. And we also got a chance to look at how we um, how we lived our lives, you know, and you know, that perspective on things. Whenever you look back, you go, oh, that's why I did that. Oh, I get that now. So there's, there's, there's still continues to be all these aha moments of going, that's why we we're doing that, or that's why this interested us. And you can only get that through that perspective of, yeah. of black on it so 
we wrote the book. Uh, and then we knew we had to, well, first we were going to make it anonymous. Yeah, we were going to do the whole thing anonymous. And actually, you might you might have noticed when you look at the book, and it's that Josh, it's, uh, you know, Josh Talk and Maggie. Yeah. And that's another sort of little story of why those names came up. But yeah, we were going to do it privately. We didn't want it. We didn't want it to become a brag book. You know, we wanted it to be an educational thing and just, a, you know, this is open people's experiences up to, to other ways of, of living. And, and, uh, but eventually we had hired an, a, um, an editor and uh, she called us up one day. She goes, you know, your son knew that you loved him enough that he could tell you that he was gay. Why do you not feel that he loves you enough that you can tell him that you have an open relationship? At which point we started looking at each other going, she is such a, you know, what did she have to say that for? And cause she was right. And um, so it took us a while to build up the the uh, the courage to you know to invite the kids over and and their significant others and say you know this is what mommy and daddy are all about and we wrote a book and we wrote a book and our picture is now on the back of it so we just thought you should know before you know your we friends start it. to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> what did they say? You know what? They were okay with it. In fact, yeah. uh, when we had told them that they were going to come over, we we're going to tell them something. They were thinking the worst that either mom and dad are splitting up, or you're selling the house, or something like that. So just Whatever. to tell them that we were having an open relationship, they went, "Oh, that's yeah, okay. all. That's it. That's it. This <laughs> great, then. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> oh at my all. god, this is so fantastic. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, there's so much here. I want to pause for a second and go back to the original journey on the opening up and ayahuasca and stuff like that so what was your experience candace on it did you have such like an open revealing moment also where you just wanted to share so much with the world uh no actually i didn't but mine was more um healing physical Mm -hmm. healing Mm -hmm. um emotional healing um being brought up christian and and very strict uh christian and trying to put those uh, fundamentals or doctrinated um, teachings and put them aside so that you could really have, you know, a, an amazing uh, journey was hard for me. And uh, so that's what I was breaking through at that point. Yes. How interesting. Isn't it so wild? So like, I'm an avid I'm not going to say drug user, but like I am a fan of the things that I do think that help us. So I, I smoke weed like it's my job. I do eat mushrooms and, and ju- the mushrooms is like, kind of like my new journey here because mm-hmm. it is a little bit, um, it's just very peaceful, you know, and it's enlightening in, in different ways. Now I haven't gotten to the point where like I super trip out cause I think that that would be very scary for me. And I'm just like not ready for something like that. But what it does bring is just an ease and more of a focused thought process for me to be able to go through certain things or whatever. So it's just really interesting for everybody to kind of be in the same place, but experiencing things in such a very different way and to be able to come back and and discuss it and be able to grow from it as partners, even though you were on two totally different paths. And I just find that to be so fascinating and amazing. Well, I think for both of us, the big you know, the, the big thing was this, this whole um, ego dissolution, you know, the ego death that people talk about and stuff. Um, you know, because of what I've done for a living for most of my life, you know, it, it had to come with some baggage of having a large ego just because when you're in a creative business, when you're in a, 
you know, doing that sort of thing, production design and film, you know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, you kind of, kind of carry that just so that you can get work. And, uh, but that also carries over into your personal life a little bit as well. And uh, getting, you know, losing that or, or having a realization of who I really was and what was, what was important to me. Uh, that was, that was the big change, you know, that, that was a huge change, but with the ego thing, we started to, we have a, a room in our house called the Zen Den, mm. which is now home to the church of unreasonable happiness. We could, we can talk about that later too. Um, and, uh, we're, we would spend an hour every day, either in our hot tub or in the Zen Den, just talking like, that's what we do. We just sit there we'd smoke a bong and then we would just talk. And we had this one conversation one night of, of this whole ego thing of why are we in the lifestyle? Why are we, why, why is this attracting us? Is this an ego thing? Or are we just there to say, I feel good about myself because I'm attracted to people or they want me, whatever, you know? And uh, so it, it was a few months that we just kind of really sort of held back a little bit. And, and uh, fortunately COVID hit at the time. And then when that happened, we just. We were forced to go inward. Yeah, forced to go inward. Yes. And, uh, uh, so to sort of pass our time, we had spent hour and a half, two hours every morning laying in bed and just connecting. And it wasn't always penetrative sex. It was learning all about these energies and these energy fields and, and uh, how touch and, you know, some of the tantric stuff. And, and we've never been big students of that. And uh, we just explored on our own and just learned on our own. And it's been interesting over the last few years all of a sudden going oh yeah well we do that oh that's what it's called oh, oh that's what it's, it's called yeah. that just, that's the rising of the kundalini oh we've been doing that for a while now haven't yeah. We? Yeah. and it's just all those things that just have happened so organically with our bodies mm-hmm. and we've just allowed it to flow and without, is, without labeling it yeah. you know that's what it really was it was a flow you know it was it just was. really letting it go and going yeah. as kind of said earlier you know we're we're uh uh, PSA is we're always seeking our, our pleasures and uh, so if one thing was better that's the direction that we went with it and yeah. this is where it's sort of taken us I really appreciate the fact that you said about the labels because I think that many get confused and so focused on the fact that they need to label themselves that they forget who they really are because you're so focused on trying to figure out what that right box is that you can't figure out now where you belong. And I think it becomes like super conflicting. And I had to at one point in time, let it go too, because although we're in the swingers world, I don't know that I necessarily consider myself super swinger because it takes me a very long time for me to find a, you know, a compatibility that, and so I understand why I am the way that I am, but it makes it very difficult for me to label myself swinger because I'm not going to the club bank. I'm looking for a great connection with somebody that's going to enhance what I already have going on and make it that much better. So I don't know if it's a pleasure seeking type thing as like you're mentioning, because I'm only looking for that explosive moment. So this is a very, very interesting takeaway that I'm going to have from you guys. But because of our evolution and having plant medicine, the before was ground and pound. And yes, that was all pleasure seeking. That's Mm -hmm. what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. And that's what we found. And we loved that instant pleasure. And then it wasn't until after plant medicine, we decided, oh my gosh, there's more to it. We could actually go a little bit deeper. And now we can have relationships with people and we can learn how to share energies, no penetration. And we are on a high 
Mm. And we're feeling fulfilled. Yeah, the yeah. energy, it's energetic crazy. orgasms, and just yes. every everything about it. And yeah, yeah. And we slowly developed into that too, because after we were questioning whether or not we should be doing this, and then we really got into each other, into the, the whole energies and the, uh, the tantras and the kundalini's, and what we're calling Neil Karetsa method, because we're kind of developing this Karetsa method book. for our next book. <laughs> and. Uh, and then we started we there was a lot of single women that we knew that were you know without partners or without touch without pleasure and uh so they became part of our bubble and mm. uh so again there's a lot more experimentation and development and learning and, and these were non-swingers yeah. these were pretty pretty straight yeah. you know uh, it's, it's, women that that just felt the love and felt the connectiveness between us and the safety. but not the not the possessiveness you, right. know, you still have your own life we still have our life it's not like we want a permanent poly relationship with with any of these women but they're coming in and they're feeling um comfortable and and we all can surrender to that moment yeah as well and because we're we're typically very vulnerable um it allows them to be as well you know yes. and for share issues that they're having or concerns that they have and so that communication has become much much greater for us that yeah. way. you know spencer and i are very similar in that way where we do have a lot of close relationships like particularly right now we have a sweet unicorn that we have close gear to our heart but it's not it's not all about sex. It is about that connectivity and mm -hmm. just feeling safe and comfortable and welcome and wanted in a different kind of way in a more intimate kind of setting. And I think that the outside world gets very confused by that because I don't think that you need to be in love with these individuals, but you can share so much love with them. Yes. And there is a big difference. And for me, I it makes me feel happy to be able to provide that kind of love and, and relationship with somebody and then not have to be all about penetration or anything of the sorts. And so to hear you guys have that similar mindset also is really empowering because sometimes I feel like weird about it. And I'm like, I don't understand what I'm doing in this world. Am I, you know, like you, you start to question all those labels and those boxes of like, what are we doing here? But it is okay to have those kind of relationships and feel that comfortableness with others. And so this is beautiful. We're seeing, we're starting to see a real shift. And we saw a few years ago, we do, we do uh, burner events, you know, Burning Man and regional burns mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. And, and we started to see a few years ago, people just literally introducing themselves going, hi, I'm such and such. I'm Polly like straight up, like just that's, that's what the introduction is. And, and I think a lot of it is that people don't understand what the actual term poly means, like what mm -hmm. the fundamentals of it are. But I, what they're trying to convey, I believe is just that they're, they're, they're open, they're open and they're open mm -hmm. to, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. uh, and fluid, you know, everybody's becoming open and fluid nowadays. You know, that's a that's sort of the buzzword I think that, that we're mm -hmm. getting out there. And so many people that we play with and hang out with, uh, would never in a million years call themselves swingers, right? You know? Even though they're married, they have, you know, but it's just how they want to label themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and you know, being able to say that we're just you know, we're we're fluid in our relationship is is a much easier, more uh, encompassing description. You know, I kind of like that actually because that's how we explain it. Where we we kind of try and say it really is dependent on the individual that we are, you know in the company of to dictate what we feel 
we want from that relationship because they're all very different and I don't want the same things from everybody. Yeah, there are people that I just want to bang. Don't get me wrong. But then there are those people that I just want to have that relationship like I was just explaining with our female friend. And to have the variation and the fluidness like you're discussing, that makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside, you know, because then it means sky's the limit and there is no boundaries as to what what we can do out there. And that does sound a little bit more happy and open. I like this. Yes. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So at what point in time, so how long were you guys like hardcore swingers for? That was full 20 years. Over 20 years. Oh, your whole almost relationship. Oh, oh half of it. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've been married for 42 years now. So we, we've been together for 45. Been married yeah, but for like, I mean, years. it was pretty much like when you hit your 20s, like, I feel like, because you guys were small. Huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, we were, it was, it was the 40 year thing. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Pretty it much. was just hitting 40, 41, and whether it was a midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it. But at that time, our kids were getting, you know, they were still young, but um, our life had become a real pattern. Like it yeah. was the work and the kids and the, you know, the eat, sleep poop thing and and it was just on the matrix uh, wheel yeah and um you know which wasn't good for either of us it wasn't good for we've always had a strong relationship but it was just like what's next yeah monotonous sort of and yeah yeah Yeah. exactly and and we weren't being motivated to discover things like tantric or caresses or any of that you know those things were outside of our wheelhouse Mm -hmm. and and uh um this seemed to be a good opportunity you know and the first time well the first time was in a hot tub with booze and everything else like most people's you know first times um explosive moments yes you know there was a bit of exploration after that locally here and you know this is before the internet so it wasn't like you just dial up or anything you know this is you have to the local newspaper and in the uh, classified ads there was you know there was there was areas for that um but we went to hito and uh, we'd heard about it there wasn't a lot of information available again you know this is this is pre-internet and uh we went down and and it just it turned out that it was a swingers convention uh, a full takeover a full takeover and it was hardcore it was it was was the lifestyles organization (laughs) yeah it was uh yeah pretty pretty unbridled just everything going on everywhere and and it was when we first walked in the door and just to to be exposed to that it was like yes when when you see you know the the naked women on top of the bars and and they're bent over and they're pouring the alcohol down the ass cracks and there's the men licking it out it was like this is what we get exposed to for the first time that's a saturday night now so were you super stunned when you walked in and was like what are we doing here or were you more like let's do this yeah a little bit i kind of went okay let's just find a quieter pool area because there was about seven different pools that you could go to so we found another little area that uh, that we could and all we wanted was just to sit around naked and just kind of hang out with like-minded people we mm-hmm. weren't really expecting much more than that mm-hmm. but before you know it you know I had met my uh my mentor there who basically said you know women have the final say and uh and that made me feel great mm-hmm. you know I felt comfortable at that point and just to always have men asking before touching, you know, can I kiss you? Can I touch you? Can I? Yeah. It's... And we felt respect from you. You hear this consent, guys? Just listen really closely to the words that she's sharing right now. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. No, consent is extremely important. And uh, so, yeah, having that mentor was really a big, a big change for, for, you know, not so much for me because I wasn't doing directly with it, but for Canada. So indirectly, it was, it was Mm -hmm. a, it was a very big thing. And uh, because of that, we're now turning around and taking all of our experience and offering it to others that are new or maybe, you know, a little bumps in the road of their relationship and they're trying to figure out their communication or what they're really there for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause a lot of times people don't ask that question to themselves. They don't want to talk and say, why are we here? Like that, that why question just never seems to happen. Oh that. my God. I know. And it drives me mad. You know, there are a certain set of things that I always recommend to newbies when they come into the lifestyle and that's, you know, have an observation period because what you think you want isn't what is going to end up happening because expectations are just very different on what people think that the swingers world or, or lifestyle mm-hmm. world is like, but also Exactly that. Why are you in the lifestyle? And why are you in the lifestyle with your partner? And what is it that you guys want together? I think that many miss that. And then having the constant regroup, because I think that that shifts and changes the more time you spend in, you know, around others, you know, because you learn different things, and maybe you want to try different things, but you need to have that reconnecting conversation continuously. And I think that that's one of the things that we fail to do as humans trying to get our naughty on and so i'm glad that you guys have that perspective also on sharing the same kind of similar mindset i feel like you guys need to be my mentors i'm like this is great (laughs) but it is it is great to be able to give back one of the things that i mean i don't know if it's good or bad but i try and educate based upon the bad things that have happened to me like initially early on when i came into the lifestyle it was very bumpy and although they're negative things to talk about, I think that that's the only way that we grow by acknowledging right. that. And if you can put your red flags up for somebody else and say, hey, maybe this is not the exact same thing that you're going through, but pay attention to some of those things because you will be able to pick up on a red flag that will benefit you. And mm-hmm. so for you guys to turn around and do that for others, I think is just wonderful. And I think that it's really needed out there. And again, with your personalities and your aura, I can see that it would come off very genuine and and make others feel vulnerable enough to hear what you're saying. Cause that is the key to it. It is. It really is. And I find that, I don't know, I've lost my train of thought. Your turn. (laughs) I know it happens quickly. Sometimes I'll be in a thought. That's what happens when you you share one brain sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic though, but that's the beauty of the podcast. And that's why I love it to be so like natural and organic because I want, I want the audience to know like the realness that goes on, you know, like all it's just important to me. So, you know, flub it up, let the bloopers roll. (laughs) we can do that yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it was interesting writing the book and and how all of a sudden there'd be this moment that I kind of went oh my god Greg there's a story that I haven't told you that something that happened to me when I was um a teenager and I had to go upstairs and go into my zen den into the church of unreasonable happiness and I sat down and it just flowed and I just wrote this whole story about um how a boss had um take took advantage of me when I was 15 years old and you know insisted that I give him a blowjob and and I did as a matter of fact but it was interesting after that whole uh thing going down I told myself I would never be a victim Mm. and so whenever I was with other men other than Gregory um I had to be the one on top I Mm. had to be the one that would come first I would have to be always the one in control 
And now I understand where that all came from was back Mm -hmm. in my childhood. And it's not until you actually start to write down or people that journal or, or, or do diaries, you know, when you express that, you realize where all these, the, the root uh, of, of your personality, Mm -hmm. where it all started and why Mm -hmm. you, you, you are the way you are. And we had got through a lot of the book by the time this had happened. And as soon as it did, again, it gave us that reflection time. It just gave us that, oh, you know, those those little, that's why we do it that way. Or that's why you're approaching it this way. Yeah. And so, and then understanding that, then you can deal with it and you can forgive yourself or you can yes. forgive others and you can understand where it's. Yeah. yeah. And then you work that into the next time you have playtime, you kind of go, okay, now I'm, I'm going to try and surrender. I'm going to pull back. I want to try the other side. Yeah. And Wasn't it a I'm, difficult transition? Oh, huge, 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 huge. You know, when I actually asked, asked this gentleman, I said, I'm going to give you a blowjob and I want you to put your hands on top of my head and push my head down. I mean, cause I never wanted anyone to do that. Yeah. And even Gregory, he could never do that. And I, I allowed this, this gentleman to, to do this. And it was, it was, it was good for me. It was hard, but I allowed it. And I kind of went, no, I, this is something it's a fear thing and I've got to overcome it. Hmm. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that that's like a very vulnerable, sensitive thing, but it's also really important for others out there possibly struggling with something similar to hear that you're not alone, number one. And if there is somebody that you need to talk to, I'm sure Candace would be willing to share or, you know, communicate further on it. But thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, it was funny because 20 years ago, she used to say, you can fuck me, just don't touch my hair. But it was always because she always had beautiful hair. Well, one thought <laughs> is that it was more, but, more, but there was more to it. There was more to right. it. But we didn't understand that. Yes. Yeah. And now, did you find that, did you come to that realization on the on your journey with the ayahuasca stuff? Or was it strictly when you were writing the book that you were able to kind of go through chronological times or whatever that made you realize this? I think it was the plant medicine for sure. Yeah. You know, we use it quite regularly. It is the, you know, the pot, for instance, is daily and the, the mushrooms, mushrooms are probably weekly. Mm-hmm. We also microdose as well and, you know, do DMT at least every few weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think having lots of plant medicine in me, allowing myself to hear my inner voice, to feel from my heart and from my gut as opposed from my, my brain, um, just allowing it to flow. Yeah. I was just in a different state um, after doing ayahuasca for sure. Hmm. I do firmly believe that journaling is such a powerful tool. It has gotten me through a lot of moments in my life. And I tell others, you know, if you don't understand the power of journaling, you know, just try it. Even if you just write one sentence for a second, eventually you'll get to the point where you understand where the writing of your words is really powerful. Even if you have to write the same story 1000 times to make you feel better, it it makes the words true. And it makes you have to face the reality of what you're dealing with inside, that it's not something that you're just thinking that now here it is on the paper, and we need to deal with this in real life and, and, and figure out what makes us tick per se. And every single time you have that moment where you let go of one thing, it is a very powerful independent moment of, of just freeing yourself to be your best self. And so I also really think that maybe I should try some of these other plant-based things (laughs) because I have a lot of stuff in here. 
properly guided, of course. Yeah, yeah so, of course. Listen, yeah. it's not foreign in, in my world. My partner loves the DMT. Not that he does it all the time, like every once in a while. Um, he loves the mushroom so much more than I. Um, just because, like I said, I have like a fear of being out of control or whatever it is. Not that I understand what I what could happen, but I don't know. For us, since I do feel the fear, I just don't think it's the appropriate time to like up however much I'm taking. You know what I mean? Because I don't want to mm-hmm. be in a bad place, but um yeah no so yeah but properly controlled i do believe true right you can't abuse it or be ridiculous with it but and and the integration the integration part of it is is as important if not more important than the actual journey itself it's what do you mean it's it's the afterwards it's the it's the you know anywhere from a couple days to six seven weeks after you do a a major journey like that because the medicine quite often depending what it is is still in your system and it's still Mm -hmm. working um, the brain is still healing this, you know, it's, it's still refiring different connections and whatever, you know, you think of, you think of a snow globe and you take a snow globe and you shake it. And that's basically what plant medicines are going to do to our brain. And you, you want to make sure that it all settles back in the right spots. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to continuously walk around with this thing being shaken, you know, like the next, you, you do a wonderful journey. You have all these new discoveries and these realizations and then at nine o'clock on Monday morning, you go back to your office and you sit in your cubicle and you've got all of this stuff going around you, all these negative things and and uh, pressures. And that's where your mind goes. And that's where your healing starts to happen mm-hmm. within that area. So we prefer to make sure we've got a few days afterwards and, you know, try to be as as calm and, and uh, um, introspective as possible. Uh, journal if you can, you know, look back at some of the things that happened memory loss is phenomenal like you'll you'll finish a journey and you can write four pages right afterwards but the next day you can only remember one like you don't even know what happened for half the things that you had in there and and all of a sudden something will pop up a few weeks later and go oh yeah you know you get that little aha moment it takes a little while to do that Mm -hmm. but it's being open to it it's um allowing the medicine to actually work and not force yourself into some, you know, some crazy environment. We've been we're starting to work with couples actually in an intimacy situation because mm-hmm. we were talking earlier about our, our, um, our girlfriends or our thirds. And, you know, so we do one, two grams and, and it was, this was really beautiful, energetic sharing touch. Just, you know, it was just this, this, um, I don't want to call it just this flow that we would have you know, with our partners. And it was just this beautiful, warming just everything about it was fantastic well that medicine is now rewiring our brains for that you know that's what we are now going to expect every time mm-hmm. moving forward so, you know pavlov's dog sort of thing you, you know mushrooms i'm you know I'm, I'm chill i'm feeling really really good and uh so we started working with couples that way i've let them have their little journey but then afterwards we make sure that they're you know connected so whether it be circular breathing, whether it be eye gazing, whether it be whatever it is, being yeah, light touching, being just, you know, tantric just really touching, mm-hmm. just being present, just absolutely being fully present with your partner and with yourself and understanding what are these energies feeling? What are my fingertips feeling right now as I stroke the side of her breast? You know, it's not just what does her breast feel like, but what am I sensing out of this whole thing? And how does that make me feel? And it's understanding that part of it that just, you know, takes it to the next level up. Yeah, that's really interesting. And is that part of the tantric um, behaviors or is that just completely different? Because I had, I'm not really knowledge- knowledgeable in that. Well, yeah. well, tantric nowadays is is 
pretty oh, so over encompassing and, and it's been it's, misdirected so many ways the word from is nature, overused you know, i think and, um, and what it's stuff on it you know we go to tantric workshops and and uh, most of them teach the same sort of things which is connectivity you know that connection uh presence all of those things respect uh um uh making sure that everybody is 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 really comfortable you know mm -hmm. that you're there the consent is there you know that that's very very prevalent because mm -hmm. once you get that consent, and that you are comfortable in your own body yeah, that's yeah mm -hmm. but that's, once you get that consent you can surrender you know but it, without having that consent of knowing you know mm -hmm. this isn't going to happen so i don't have to be worrying about that now i can just concentrate on this part of what i'm you know what i'm going through yeah uh, we've been developing this 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 has sort of taken us down another path of this neo caretza we what we're calling neo caretza method and caretza was something that was developed in the 1800s and uh it was for birth control and it was like the quakers it was you know the strangest place that this thing comes out of and and then in the 20s the 1900s um there was a book written about it but there's a lot of aspects of it with um polarities and and just the whole masculine feminine dynamic and and some of that patriarchal thing was still there mm -hmm. I mean, it, was, it was late 1820s you know yeah. so that's how society 1920s. was yeah mm -hmm. 1920s and and um but now sort of taking that a little bit step further um we've been developing it because it's it comes from the italian word caress so it's it is it's just a lot of touching it's a lot of you know, a lot of touchy feely, you know, hands on things like just uh, to to see somebody having an orgasm because your hand is just on top of their vulva and you're just you're just passing those energies through and you're just, you know, that's the mind that you're going into. And, oh, my God, uh, that's like super powerful. <laughs> super, super powerful. And um, so that's what we're kind of working towards that. And uh, it was really developed to so you can have full mind blowing orgasms without having penetration or ejaculation. Mm. So that's uh Huh. interesting part of it i need to learn more about this i think like <laughs> having a powerful powerful strong mind is like is a great yeah. little tool to have and that's what this sounds like you know going back to being super confident within our own selves i was just doing a topic the other day about um it was more about approaching couples that we think are out of our leagues but the point of the matter was it all comes back to our own selves and what we feel we're good enough for or what we want and how we're going to approach that. And that all comes down to our self-reflection and our self-confidence and the way that we want to be portrayed out there. And so to take these tools and bring it back in a little bit more and recenter yourself or begin to center yourself is a really great starting point, I think, in somebody's lifestyle journey because it gives you the tools up front for you to do all that internal work, for you to really get to the end point of what do you really want from this lifestyle? So, I mean, I highly recommend, I mean, all their information is going to be in the bodies of all of my messaging out there and stuff, but definitely tap into their resources so much more because I think that you guys can bring some valuable tools so much to so many people. And we haven't even <laughs> tapped into like half of it yet. <laughs> no. so, sure. before we go further i do want to i want to learn about your zen den tell me about this space well that that started because we were as i said we were in the hot tub every day so we we go in there we bring the bong we smoke and we have a wonderful time we live in the pacific northwest we're you know we're we're on the coast of canada and so it starts to get cold and miserable and a little bit rainy here and then you don't want to be outside and we we found ourselves inside in a bit not grumpy, but just, you know, we were lacking something. We were missing a connection. We were missing something that was there. 
And uh, since we're now empty nesters, we had a couple extra bedrooms. And so one is an office now. And, and the other became our sort of meditation little retreat inside the house. So it's all done up very bohemian. And um, the walls are completely covered with tapestries. And so is the ceiling with pillowy blue fabrics. Yeah, and, and the lighting and sort of everything. And we try to create as comfortable and inviting a space as possible. And uh, that's where we started to sort of hibernate. And we would just go up there. Whenever we wanted to read, that's where we would go. Whenever we wanted to journal, that's where we would go. You know, we wanted to meditate. That's where we would go. We want to have friends over so it's playtime. That's where we would go. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, even that part of it, again, you know, you're coming out of all this medicine, all these journeys. We're trying to discover who we are, how... Um, you know, I'm not sure about the whole swinging things and what about playing with others? And is that right? And, you know, are we guilty of something? And you're having all these questions that you've got rolling through your minds. And that's why we kind of pulled away a little bit. And and this room became this um, very spiritual retreat for us. Well, at the time we were kind of like, but we shouldn't be really mixing up spirituality and sexuality. Like, should we? Or should we? Yeah. So, (laughs) so there was this, there was this little thing of we can do all this here, but that's it. Then we got to go downstairs or we got to go to our bedroom or we got, and, oh, interesting. Um, and then once that started to develop with, with our single friends, um, then it just became more and more understood that this, this is our life, this whole, the, the, the spirituality aspect of it, the connectiveness, all of those things are all sensuality, part the part of the formula. And yeah. uh, the room itself has just vacuumed up so much of our energy over the last three years and people walk in that have never been here before they walk in and they're just like i can feel the energy like they can they can just they can sense what's what's there and then um to further that a little bit now uh we've mentioned that the the church of unreasonable happiness a couple times and uh, we've started to our kids are going you know are you guys starting a cult and and we're like, well, it's not really a cult, but it's, I said, yeah, sure, it's a cult, but it's a crowdsourced cult. You know, everybody's everybody's God, everybody's the Pope. You know, everybody's everything. There's no one particular thing. So we just need to have a, an underlying basis of this is what we represent and this is who we are. Mm-hmm. So we've actually just recently created a whole charter for it, and uh, the the underlying deal is 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 basically treat everybody with respect. Um, and we are all one. We are all God. We were, you know, so it, it gets into all that sort of. How know, interesting, though, like stuff. at what point in time and who at the moment, you know, who was it that said, oh, we should take our journey into this next step and now do this? Was it like a collaborative thing or? You wouldn't believe. I mean, I guess being together for so long, we finish each other's sentences mm-hmm we're on the same page with mm-hmm. everything and and even when we start developing something or or we move off to a, a different direction we, uh, you know the other one's going sure i'll hop on that let's go figure it out if we don't like it we'll just stop we'll do something else it's like anything you know when you find uh, you're at a party uh, play party and all of a sudden you're in a situation and you end up trying it and you kind of go Oh, I really didn't like all that. That didn't work for me. And we kind of go, okay, we just won't do that again. But it wasn't like dwelling on it and going, oh my God, this is horrible. And that's it. I'm not going to do swinging anymore. No, we kind of went, okay, we're going to learn from that. Okay. That's not our thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So 
but but we'll find something that is. And, right. and that's what everyone has to be aware of when they're new. Don't don't put the walls up just because something happened in one situation on one night. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things you kind of go, okay, I understand that's not our direction. We're not into spanking or we're not into choking or we're not going to, mm-hmm. you know, be tying each other up or whatever it is. Yes. That's not our bag. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's okay. so you guys aren't on the king side of things, then not much, um, yeah. just a little bit. You know, yeah. as a book, you know, we we uh, I've experimented with uh fire play and uh, yeah, we've done binding, we've done all of that sort of thing. It's just it's but just it's not, not something not that's like the regular, mm-hmm. yes, but it's yeah. you know, it's always fun, it's interesting mm-hmm. to to uh, be exposed to it and then you know, try a few new things. We have a, a, a saying, it's, it's in the book, and then we use it a lot with, with our friends. We it actually becomes quite funny. You know, everybody kind of giggles about it. And when we first get into it, it's always like, so tell me your boundaries, fears, and desires. And it's interesting how people can not always share their boundaries, but mm-hmm. boundaries are pretty simple to understand what they are. Like, this is my boundary. I, you know, this is a, this is a hard no. So that's a boundary for mm-hmm. me. These are my fears. I'm afraid of this. People can express that, you know, as long as they feel that they can be vulnerable with you, they can express what their mm-hmm. fears are. But try to get them to express desires. their desires. They kind of go, I don't know. Yeah, I, they get all or, embarrassed. Or, and oh, you know, I don't know. Yeah, and and they really kind of sidestep a little bit and sort of brush it under the rug, and and because uh, it's a difficult thing. We it's we hard for us sometimes to yeah. say this is what I really. Sometimes I just go, oh, I'm just going to go with the flow. You know, just yeah. attack me. I'll let you know. <laughs> Right, right. Well, you and know, that's what most people kind of go. You know, just keep doing what you're doing. I'll let you know if I don't like it. Yeah, and you can't get upset when they say no. Yeah, and <laughs> and to some degree, I am the same exact way because I think that each play partner is going to bring something different to the table. So you know, you can kind of outline a few things that are your hard nose. But aside from that, I do kind of like to just go with the flow because I don't know what that is going exactly. to bring. You know, mm-hmm. but I do know. That like my desires, like I'm a very like sexual human being. I definitely love multiple men. I mean, I'll take all the females too, you know, but I don't really like to dictate or put a certain tone on what the play is going to be because my rule is if I've accepted you as a play partner, anything goes now except for going in the bum unless that's like a specifically, you know, thing that we've talked about. But I like to be very open with my partners because I want to be able to explore with them what their sexuality is. And like you said, a lot of times it's very hard for them to articulate what it is that they like, they want. So it's it's a very interesting conversation. I'm another takeaway I'm going to have from this. Mm -hmm. But even that adds to more conversation during the evening, especially when in the playtime, you know, it gets, it's, it starts new conversations and that new conversations you start to share and, and reveal and, and sometimes answer your own questions. Yeah. I do believe it's part of the foreplay in it all, which is another reason why not, I think courting is the wrong word Mm. for what I like, but I do like that period of time where we can chat. For instance, we just, went into a group message with a single gentleman of ours that we it's a a close friend of Spencer's so it's somebody that he trusts but he's kind of new not that he's new to the lifestyle world because he's been to our events and stuff but I don't know that he's particularly played in the environment or really been part of the world just as attended so for me this part of the getting to know you phase is one of the best parts because 
you know, it gives you little butterflies of like, oh my God, you know, like, what's he thinking here? Has he experienced this before? Or like, what's his response going to be? And all those things are part of the excitement for me and just like learning and growing in that moment together until the point we get to where we actually bang. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be great, you know? So I think that's one of the reasons (laughs) why it takes me some time to get there. Yeah, we... There was a time that, uh, you know, we used to tease each other and going, you know, like, I, I didn't first say, you know, I didn't forget her name. I never knew it. And uh, that was back in the, you know, in the ground and pound years. And and um, now it's much more, what do we call it? We're uh, uh, demisexuals. Fluid demisexuals. So, what does demisexual mean? Demisexual means that that's when you want a connection. There's got to be some kind there's of emotional or emotional. A mental mental connection with the person. There's, there has to be something there. It's not just you know a random you know mm-hmm. walk okay. by a random hookup. Now, when you talk about an emotional connection, you're not talking about like an in love connection. You're just talking no. about a a great bond connection. It is a bond where where you can feel that you're both are relaxed. You both can be vulnerable. You can Mm -hmm. say whatever you need to say. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, I think that's. Yeah. So I think that that's probably where I fit into things then. Mm -hmm. And does that then end up putting you into the swinger category? Like, can you be can you be that and a swinger at the same time? Yeah, I don't think there's any real designation for swinger. Like I said, it's, everybody's got a different approach to it. And, yeah. and uh, we don't even like the term swinger. We never have liked it. Right. And for yeah. many years, we tried to, we had a friend that uh, that was that had come up with this idea of, of just calling it modern. And so for years, we've been trying to introduce the modern aspect to it. So yeah, there's a nice modern couple. And that way, it worked really well when, when you're in mixed companies. You know, you've maybe had some lifestyle friends that you're with and there's some vanilla people that you're there with or maybe even family members and you don't really want to say you know hey these people like to fuck other people you say they're a really cool modern couple and all you say is that and the people that know know and uh that's all you need to do if to you know to, you know you i'm gonna use that i'm gonna that use that down yeah. pineapple. Yeah, when you know the upside down pineapple then you know that's yeah. right <laughs> i love that oh my god i can't believe that we've been chatting for like almost 45 minutes already i think it's we're approaching this is a really great conversation thank you so much for just being so open and just sharing so much i want to know what was one of your most aha moments of anything that you've done within your journey here that made you feel powerful or made you feel like you did something really great for somebody else like what was that one moment that you were just like this is going to sit with me forever oh my gosh now we have to pinpoint one it's very difficult i mean we have so many that we kind of go oh that's fantastic um i find that doing the ayahuasca was was a 180 for me you know as someone who never did yoga never meditated never did any of this kind of stuff to all of a sudden i'm right into it and i do qigong every morning and i do my kundalini every yoga every every uh day as well and and all these things uh that just um that change your life where now when you're with anyone Mm -hmm. They're, they become attracted to you yeah, because they can feel your vibration. Yes. It's, it's not hard work where before I had to be all sexy and I had to be like, really like coming on to the guy or whatever, you know, to get his attention. Now I just, I can just be me. Yeah. 
and they feel it and, and they sense it and they, I radiate the the love and and the the closeness and I can radiate that passion just like that. And so uh, I think that's one of the takeaways yeah. that I found, you know, by doing plant medicine. Because I don't think there was any ever one event. There's lots of events that are, <laughs> are I mean, you go through the book and every one of those stories is one of those things that going yeah. oh, for that one, you know, because, you know, there's, we tried to, I don't know if it comes across this way or not, but we tried to have a little story or a little direction with each one of those as well. Mm -hmm. You know, not just, a you know, not just story. a random story, you know, there had to be something. There's a that point to it. There. There's a takeaway. Yep. And, uh, when we wrote the book, we actually, the original concept was that we were reading the book in, in Candace's voice, my voice, and our voice. So the our voice would be describing what a situation was or, a, you know, like a story. And then we'd each have our own perspective of what that story did to us, right. how we felt about it. So we thought that would be a really good one. Our way. editor said that's going to be way too Yeah, it's too confusing for her on the way through. It made, made sense to us. but So we ended up rewriting everything again. And <laughs> and then we chose that because of this trauma that Candace felt, uh, it was important to have a female voice on it, a female lead voice on it. Mm -hmm. So it's really, when you read the book, it is kind of in her voice, although it's both of our words, but it's like it's in her voice. Yeah. Have my little outtakes. I have my little observations and things like the first time that Candace went went off by herself, like first time ever with a guy into the dark. They walked away, and I was left sitting beside a swimming pool all by myself at night, kind of going, "Wow, what a fucking loser I am sitting here." My wife's getting banged by some big black guy, and I was so excited about it. And um, when she came back, I just needed to know everything that, that and I couldn't wait to tell him everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sharing, I think, uh, was a really big part of having that that comfort and that um, uh, yeah, the compersion, you know, yeah. discovering compersion really at that point. And uh, once we knew that, then it was much easier moving forward. Yeah. You know, so Spencer would love, I think, to get to the point where I did go somewhere else and bang somebody and then like come home. I just don't know. I think it would have to be somebody that I've known for a really long time and I trust so much. Like, it's intriguing to me, but it's also scary at the same time. You know, I'm just like, I don't understand. I don't understand how the night would go because I'm not a planner like that. And I would never say, okay, Friday night, you know, I'm coming over because I just, my mindset doesn't work that way. I'm sure I could get myself there if I, you know, had to but I don't want to do it that way. So I have a very conflicting thought process on how that whole thing would even look. Do you have any recommendations on how to well, get Well, the reason why that one took place, well, that was at Hedo, one of our first uh, trips. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a fantasy dream that I forever had was mm -hmm. I was going to be off with this big black man. And I was going to just like, just have the most, you know, amazing orgasm, which of course I did because I have built it up inside. Mm -hmm. And anyways, that was why that came about. But as for after the fact, I did mm -hmm. try and go off and have a date. And I kind of went, because by the time I was in the moment, I was going to go, oh, I wish Gregory was here watching me right now. I wish yeah. that I could share this moment with him. Mm -hmm. And that we never did go off with yeah. um, others. We always made sure that we were at the same party or in the same room, mm -hmm. that that worked for us because yeah. we had compersion. We love to see each other get off. Yeah, that's how I feel too. And now I wonder if if we were at a place like that, you know, and, and the moment just happened to strike, 
then maybe, maybe it would have to be an on the spot type of thing where. Yes. We're well, just going to say, I'm just going to take this guy to the bathroom. Right? Yeah. Just, just yeah. That might have, that might have to be how it goes. I, <laughs> yes. I'm going to have to think this through because I think that it would be an exciting thing to try, you know, and it just, at least know that I did put myself out there to to, to experience all of what I want to do yes. without holding. And like you said, back. it's spur of the moment when yeah. when the moment is right, you kind of go, you know, and hopefully, you know, your partner will be up for it, and he'll say, "Yeah, that yeah. turns me on. I can't wait to hear all about it." Yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much to think about from this. Okay, now going back to the book, how long did it take you guys to to fully write the book and publish it? Ten months. Ten months. Wow. Yeah. It's and you guys are working on a second one. Not the same topic, but Actually, we have we have a few of them. We've got one that's um uh it gets a lot more into the energy, energy orgasms, energy sharing, that that world, the the Caretza. And but the, we also wanted to talk about having the perfect three-way. Yeah. We want yeah. to talk about that so yeah. that people so understand how to do how to do a perfect three-way, yeah. you know, and uh and how to be a unicorn and mm-hmm. how to be a bull. Mm. because it's as important for the unicorns and the bulls to understand the rules as it is the couples that are embracing them yes, and how they want to do it. And, and uh, even if it's as much as just to describe all the different scenarios that it could be just so people understand it, you know, we always say you don't know what you don't know. And uh, you know, so if you can expose people to it and let them have an understanding of it a little bit more. uh, I think those are great topics. Just recently I was doing a live session on sdc.com and somebody had asked me to do um, almost like a manual for single gentlemen in the lifestyle. And it came from a single gentleman. And I thought that was really great because then that to me was he was putting himself out there to really be educated on what he should be doing the right way. And and sometimes that doesn't necessarily happen. And with the unicorns too. Um, but it would be really I'm very interested to read your guys' perspective on what you think that this all looks like, because, you know, clearly everybody has their own experience levels and I'm not that experienced, truthfully. I mean, I started in a lifestyle five years ago and most of our interactions are with me banging other guys and they're really great, but it was like, you know, it's only a few of them. So even though it was a lot of times, only a few partners. So I don't really have much to compare all the different interactions to. And like I said, I wait for those moments where I think they're going to be super explosive. So every opportunity that I've had thus far has been like unbelievably amazing. And so I'm very appreciative of that. But just to hear just different compositions and, you know, other other things from your guys' perspective, I think it's going to be a powerful tool. So I'm looking forward to that. When will that be published or coming out? (laughs) We started writing, so you know we'll see. This one, you know, we're still working on the first book and trying to get it out there. You know, we've got uh, just because of the title of it, you know, "Fucking Our Way to Enlightenment" really um, mm-hmm. limits the areas that we can advertise it mm-hmm. and promote yep. it. You know, like it's it's very much it's it's difficult that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're watching. You know, sales slowly growing, and the response has been really, really good. You know, we've had such great reviews from people, and you know, the ones that have been reading it. And, yeah. You know, just happy that that's out there so but we are we're putting a lot of our concentration in in that and getting it out there and then as it comes through we don't we don't force ourselves to do anything you know we're very much our the new us is very much you know, where does the heart lead us and you know when the time flows the time flows you know we find mm-hmm. that so many things that we that we try to do that 
you know, you just, I got to get this done and I need to, you get these blocks and it's just really hard to get through them. Whereas sometimes it's better just to sit back, take some deep breaths, do a little bit of, you know, breath work and just relax and, and it'll flow. It'll, it'll come through you. Yeah. We've been writing this book and, and the next book and, and other things that we've written since. Um, afterwards, it's always interesting because sometimes we'll read through it and go, whose words yeah. were those? Did that come from me? Did I actually write that down? Yeah, it's just this this channeling thing that happens. And you know, we were saying we were writing this book, literally sitting there side by side and just stream of thought. It was just rolling through. And you know, person would say, Well, what did you just say? I have no clue. Mm. I have no clue. It's it's I heard it for the first time, the same as you, you know, as <laughs> it as it's coming out. That's so we started to re- so we started to record everything and uh so we, at least we could reflect back on yeah, it. Yeah, honestly. You know, as you mentioned your new selves, have your kids seen a difference in your behaviors? And and if so, like what are their thoughts on that? Oh, big time. Oh. Our our uh son-in-law has read the book from front to back. And we told we told the kids when we when we had our when we had the big reveal, we said, please, like, please, you just you don't want to read this. It's an extremely you don't know about your parents. Yeah, it's 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 really out there. And uh there no issues. Yeah, no problem. Don't need to ever look at it. And of course our son like goes, well, I'm gonna read it. And uh the communication that it's opened up with all of us and, yeah. and sharing questions and uh our relationship with our kids is it's, it's always better. been good it's always been a very loving very tender relationship always even more so now yeah that's it's, so incredible yeah. and they love doing plant medicine with us it's uh yeah it's quite something it's just a journey in fact that's what happens at, you know christmas eve you know it used to be you know lots of wine and and uh cheer now they're gonna go okay we're gonna do mushrooms again for christmas eve and I'm like, yes. yeah yeah, we are. <laughs> I love this. It's so funny because I was literally just telling Spencer, my partner, this morning. I'm like, you know, I think that I'm going to eliminate alcohol and just go over to mushrooms at you know any any time now, and and mainly because I think that it will be helpful for my belly for no other reason except for that. <laughs> I I truly do believe the mushrooms help my belly tremendously, and I don't know if that's just a psychological thing where I'm trying to make myself believe it, but um, I am going to what's that that's all you need to do if you believe it it's true yes your thoughts dictate your behaviors and creates uh, the reality reality. yeah i do believe this so much now i can't even believe it but we are at our hour mark and we do have to hang up this podcast but i would love if you guys would be a guest again on the show because i love to come back now that we just Mm -hmm. touched upon your history and kind of just shared a little bit about who you guys are and just you know, I think it was really important to share with the audience just your guys's true souls, you know, and and be really just genuine in your journey and and sharing that with everybody. And I think that we captured that really well. So the next time we can dive deeper into an actual topic and share more or two, you know, depending on sure. how it goes, break it up or whatever. Um, but if you guys are willing to do that, I would love to carry the conversation on, you know, offline and and talk about what we could do as next steps. Because um, for me personally, I genuinely really love this conversation. You guys just feel very soft and just very like warm to me. And I think that that's just super important. And I love having those kind of individuals around me and sharing that with my community and having them be part of the things that are important to me Mm -hmm. and your spirituality and just the different things that you guys have talked about are just such heightened things in my world. 
it's lovely to be able to talk to others that have that sense and and just understanding of it all. And I can learn so much from you guys. And so I, I this was wonderful. I appreciate it. Really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, if if the audience wants to follow you guys or find the mm-hmm. book or where would they go for all of that? Evolutionarysex.org. Short for orgasm. Oh, yes, we love that. So that's that's our site that has, it's it's all about us, um, our book and our training and a blog that I write. And, you know, so that's all there. Um, and there's uh, the Church of Unreasonable Happiness, which is a Facebook group. Okay. And uh, it's a private group, but if they send, you know, send a, a thing to, to join. Um, so there's lots of spiritual and sort of guidance in, in well, that I have direction. to join this group. Yeah. <laughs> and um yeah, I mean those are those are the two main points. Okay. You know, to buy the book, Amazon's got the book, so you can go yeah. on to Amazon for or, it. It's just or our website or and we'll website. connect yeah. to the Amazon. You just have to remember that it's, it's F asterisk C K I N G. You know, there's yeah. no U in there, so it's the funky spelling. So you don't get just, tagged for get, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And don't as I mentioned earlier on this show, it will be in the podcast. Um body information as well as all my social media posts so i'll make sure i link you into everything fantastic Um, yeah thank you guys so much and uh you guys until next time we'll talk to you super soon yes